if my identity just solely gets wrapped into these hats that we wear because they're hats. And again, once you're a mom, you're always a mom. But that's the box that we put people in. And some people uh, stay in those boxes because of these worldviews and these biases. And a lot of women deal with that, the, the mother factor, the, oh, this is how you should function. Oh, this is how you shouldn't function. This is how, if you look a certain way, then how did you get here? If you don't look a certain way, how did you get here? Leaders need constant developing. It might be on the personal side of development or the professional side, but essentially the work that you do on yourself will benefit how you show up as a leader in the home as well as within the workplace. Check out these testimonials from some clients I've worked with in the past and make sure you book your session soon. They want to continue on this journey because it has been very beneficial for me. Um, like I said, I'm not the same person I don't feel like I'm the same person I was five weeks ago. How I fit your strategic goal. And they're like, wow, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that does. I mean, I, I, I'm glad I'm glad you got me there because that's, that's good. So. You feel it was accurate? Like, what, what's your feedback? I think it was definitely accurate. Thank you so All much. Right. This was fantastic. You're welcome. You're welcome. And you have period. Like, how do you feel now? I do want to be successful in my business. Um, I need to work on me. I'm like, I'm happy right now. I am. I'm, That's this is good. good. So what are you waiting for? Schedule your session today. What's up, guys? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Internal Fire. And I'm just celebrating. I'm celebrating because the change that we are seeing in this political space is not focused on the party that you're with. It's focused on the fact that we have a woman a woman that is about to hold a seat as the vice president. And this is something that is a first. Yes, we are still seeing firsts. So I want to spend time on these next few episodes to really take a deep dive into women in leadership as a woman myself and as a woman of color. We are seeing so many changes and it's good change, but we want to continue to be door openers. I want you all to be door openers so we can see not just a first, but a second and third and so on. So let's get into the why and what is going on with women in leadership. But while I may be the first woman in this office, I will not be the last. Because every little girl watching tonight sees that this is a country of possibilities. And to the children of our country, regardless of your gender, our country has sent you a clear message. Dream with ambition. Lead with conviction. And see yourselves in a way that others may not simply because they've never seen it before. But know that we will applaud you every step of the way. Wow, what a powerful piece from that message. And this episode and these episodes have nothing to do with your political affiliation, if you're Democrat, Republican, what your views are. It's focused on this monumental change that's happening 
and also the realities of women in leadership. As a woman leader that is transitioning to a new role with a new rank, of course, I'm not on the level of Kamala Harris or even as we recently have saw that um, the chief master sergeant in the Air Force is a woman. But this is a first for me as well, especially coming from another country, being an immigrant, being the first in my family to join the military and not even ever realizing that I would even make it to this rank. And I know that might be crazy to say but when I joined the military, the Air Force, I just, I don't know, I i didn't take it seriously. Well, I did take it seriously, but like I shared before, I had a season that made me really rethink if I wanted to stay in. I really started to really analyze what I wanted to do, but God had other plans. And now this shift for me is huge. And I saw a message today that talked about, you know, immigrant children. I know it's hard being the first, but when you see how it leads to change, impact, how you start to see that is bigger than you, it's like, okay, I understand why this journey looked this way. Because every step that we take, every Every time we decide to walk towards change and embrace it and do something different, it's not just for us. It's for people and generations behind us. It's for our daughters, our sons. It's for that child that wants to give up. And that is an example that they need to see to know that they can keep going. And it's just a beautiful moment of reflection. So that message, that piece was just so powerful to me because it's like, man, it's bigger than you. And we get lost in that. And I don't want to get into a rant about being bigger than you because, again, I really want to raise awareness to women in leadership and talk about it because our experiences are so different. But I want to start off with my experience, again, as a woman in leadership and First off, like I always share, a lot of times we don't realize like with roles come certain responsibilities. We go and we want to maybe entertain a role because it comes with a good check. It comes with a big office. But there's so many different layers to being a leader. There's expectations that your boss has and their boss's boss. And there's expectations that your team has. You have expectations that your customers have and you have to face a lot more problems and conflict and make a lot of shifts. And the expectation of you is so different being a woman. And this past week, I've just been really dialed into a lot of conversations that talk about the experiences of women, how they have to navigate the world a lot differently. And even if you're a male, listen to this. You need to chime in and hear these conversations because the benefit of hearing the perspective of people that don't look like you, that have different backgrounds, allows your worldview to be shaped and changed in a way that benefits the masses. So I want you to chime in or listen in because you too can be a door opener. You too can be someone that like, I didn't even realize that perspective. I didn't even know these people were dealing with this type of issue. This group of, you know, this minority population or this box here of people that have to navigate the world differently. I didn't know that. And now by entertaining a conversation, by listening, by learning, now I can start to pivot how I do things and open more doors 
So we no longer only have firsts. We have seconds, thirds, fourths, fifths, and so on. So I need you to even dial in and take in this message as well. But as I talk about the roles and responsibilities that come with being a leader, I didn't realize or it, it was a awakening when you start to really, really start to weigh and, and recognize the experience for being a woman and, of course, being a woman of color is different. I remember, again, a conversation that I had with someone who just talked about how they described me. And they were like, listen, you know, we told them when we, you know, we were describing who you were and how they, you know, engage with me, that engage with you, that, you know, you're very direct. And, and they started to just describe me in this way where it was like, I understood what they were saying, but it was the realization that there was an assumption made of me that was inaccurate because I too was in rooms with people who were very direct. I too was in rooms with people who had the same behavior style as me, but they were of opposite sex and it was different. And you start to see that there's a different expectation for, you know, people depending on their gender they're assuming that you should be one way and you're judged differently and you're looked at differently because of that. And then, of course, if you add the additional bias, if you're an African-American or if you're somebody that is from another space and people have never entertained you before and their assumptions of you was created based off of biases that they learned on media or from, you know, whatever the conditioning of uh, information that they received it, it was inaccurate, and now they're going in with this bias. So they can't, they're, they're warring with the bias and who you are. And sometimes the bias wins, and they assume that your approach is because of this, and they assume that you're from so, somewhere that you're not. They make all these stories up without truly getting to the core of the deeper layers of who you are. And a lot of the unconscious bias training that I do or diversity, equity, inclusion, I talk about looking below the surface. Everybody has seen that picture of the iceberg. So you see the top part of, you know, this big old iceberg, but then beneath, underneath of it, you see the roots. Or even if you think about a tree, you see the tree from the external, from the outside. But if you were to dig deep beneath that, you'll see the roots, And within those roots, there's so many different factors that is the reason why that woman shows up the way she does. There are so many factors that defines why that person is who they are besides besides their gender and the assumptions that has been created from that worldview that that person might have. And unfortunately, biases rule so much in the world where it affects people having doors open to them. It affects their experiences. You even have the aspect where even I've done dealt with it as a mother. You deal with this whole aspect of, man, you know, you, you, have, this, you have this idea or this story that was created to stay, say that, you know, once you have children, you're supposed to like, you know, that's your number one priority. As a woman, you're supposed to be a mom and moms take care of their children and you got to be able to focus in on them and you sacrifice your entire life, your dreams, your goals to raise those kids. But why can't you have both? Why can't I still balance my career and also balance being a mom? Because once my children do leave and go into this world, what do I have? I no longer have that project. I no longer have, you know, those kids to raise. And yes, I mean, once you're a mother, you're always a mother. 
but they've left out the house. They're now going to create their own lives and their stories. My daughter is going to start creating her own life and story. My son is going to start to create his own life and his story. So I no longer have that as a, a project that I can touch on a day-to-day basis. And even as they get older, it becomes less and less you know, interaction with them because they become more independent. So if they leave the household, what do I have? If my identity just solely gets wrapped into these hats that we wear because they're hats. And again, once you're a mom, you're always a mom. But that's the box that we put people in. And some people uh, stay in those boxes because of these worldviews and these biases. And a lot of women deal with that. The, the mother factor, the, oh, this is how you should function. Oh, this is how you shouldn't function. This is how, if you look a certain way, then how did you get here? If you don't look a certain way, how did you get here? It's just so many different ex- just experiences that people have. I did a call recently and it was ta- it was going over the biases and the unconscious bias as well as diversity, equity, inclusion. And I shared I shared a story with someone and one of the participants came off mute and she shared a story about how she went to the car dealer and she went inside the car dealer and she wanted to buy a new car, one of those fancy car, cars. I can't even think of the name of the car right now. But she wanted to get the car and she had her friend who happened to be a male show up. He showed up to kind of help her, you know, with the process. She's like, I just wanted him to kind of check it out with me and help me through the process. Well, when they walked into the dealership together, they immediately gave the woman, excuse me, not the woman. They immediately gave the gentleman the attention. They treated him like the customer, not even realizing that she was the one that was coming in to get this car, not him. So they started communicating to him in that way. They started to, when they were showing them around, the conversation and the interaction was solely focused on the male. But that person was so probably wrapped up in their unconscious bias that they didn't even realize, like they didn't even consider to think that it could be someone else that the woman was there for this vehicle. She ended up getting a whole nother car, by the way. So they even lost an entire customer. So a lot of times when I give this training, I even tell business leaders, your bias could literally push a client away. Your bias could be affecting you getting to that next level because your bias is affecting the leaders you choose, how you treat the uh, different individuals within your team. That's how much your bias could have an impact on your goals and your bag and everything you're trying to accomplish. That's how much it can affect it because biases end up turning into or affecting your behaviors. And if your behaviors are affected and it becomes this group over this group, or you're allowing your unconscious to drive you, because again, about 90, 95% of us move strictly off of unconscious, um, the unconscious meaning that we move on autopilot and we're not even aware a lot of times how we are functioning on a day-to-day basis. And that's why self-awareness is so important because the more you're aware, the more you educate yourself, the more you learn about the experiences of other people, now that awareness is going to help you become more emotionally intelligent. And now the way you move in the world as a professional, as a leader, as someone that's in a team is going to be so different and it's going to be so much beneficial and you're going to see more successes because you take time to do that. So I'll stop my rant and we're going to get into some data, some statistics, just so you can really be aware of how monumental this 
this title and this position that Kamala Harris has been able to attain for women. Because again, it's so important that we are aware of what's going on in the world because I want us all to, again, be door openers. And by you taking your time to listen in this episode, I appreciate it. But my question is, and my hope is through this series that I'm going to do, is that this allows you to start to shift and start finding ways to become better, unlearn some things, learn some new things so you can become a door opener so women can have more equity. Yes, have you can have all the diversity you want. You can have all the faces and say, I have, oh yeah, we have at least 100 women or 50 women on our team. But my question is, is there inclusion? Are their voices being heard? Do they, do they have an area where their information and their input is welcomed? But the biggest thing is, do they have equity? Do they have a seat in the decision-making table? And if they don't, how can you open the door, crack the door? Do you know, stick your toe in and kind of just leave it open a little bit so those individuals can get in the door. And regardless of how you feel about Joe Biden, he didn't have to pick a female VP. He didn't have to. He could have said, I, w- I could have went completely different in who I chose. But I, wanted, I want you to look at that as a door opener. This is, he is in a population, white male, that typically are the ones that are the CEOs of companies. They're the ones that are typically leading in these spaces. And this is just from data and statistics. This has nothing to do with, you know, race and so on. You know, I mean, I guess there are certain factors that does, but this is strictly off of studies, data that's out there, that typically the higher you go up, the more male it becomes and the more white it becomes. So he didn't have to choose a VP. He didn't have to choose a woman. He didn't have to choose a woman of color. But that is an example of a door opener that says, you know what, I'm going to do something different. There was an op-ed written. I listened to what they had to say. I embraced it. I learned. He might have had to unlearn some things. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to listen to the voices of these women, these people who created this, who think it's important that we have a female VP and she's a woman of color or a female VP, period. And I'm going to open the door and I'm going to give a stake of equity to a woman. And now things have shifted. And of course, we still have to see the policies and all those things that happen. But essentially, that is an example of being a door opener. Will you be a door opener with me? But let's get into the studies and the statistics and the information out there so I can show you the realities of women in leadership and the need for it. So let's talk stats. Let's get you the data and the information that's out there that gives you a microscopic look at women in leadership. So some some great information out there. And one of the areas is basically right now, U.S. women represent 47% of the workforce. And in 40% of families, women are the primary or sole breadwinner. So they're out there working, out there grinding, and they're representing 40% of being the primary or sole breadwinner. I'm in that category because I'm a single parent myself, so I can relate to that. Um, companies in the top quartile of gender diversity are 15% more likely to outperform competition. So it's highlighting the benefits of gender diversity and how it's beneficial in outperforming the competition. Because if you're a business leader out there, if anybody, a lot of businesses and organizations are competing with other industries, especially if you're thinking about the aspect of employees and bringing employees in. Like, for instance, the military is, I'll say specifically for the Air Force, they have had to reflect and really make some adjustments because they're recognizing that we need bodies to push this mission and we are competing with corporate Corporate 
in different ways. So one of the areas that they were looking at in regards to tattoos and what an airman is quote unquote supposed to look like, they started to kind of shift and really look at, okay, do we really, do we really want to say that this person, if this person has this tattoo, this amount of tattoo covering their body, does this really mean that they can't join and so on? So that's just an example of one of the areas they looked at. And they decided to make a change because they were dealing with corporate. There were a lot more people that were pivoting and going that route versus coming in the military. And again, they needed those bodies in order for them to push the mission. So there's a competition in that aspect. So companies are determining, okay, what kind of shifts we need to make. And again, this identifies that if you want to outperform or most companies that outperform, they have embraced gender diversity. It has been reported that women control 70% of the household spending or 12 trillion in developed countries around the world. So that worldwide impact. And then growth in women owned businesses has outpaced the overall increase in new businesses by by 1.5 times. That's huge, right? So that's the overall, that's like a good little perspective of how things look like in regards to, you know, the worldview, um, or especially in the U.S. about women in the workforce, in the household, and so on, and the benefits of it. And we'll talk about some more benefits later. But however, with all this information, there is a significant gender wage gap that still exists in full-time workers. Women earn 79% for every dollar a man earns on average. It goes on to say, even among new college graduates, men out-earn women by 18%. Adjusted for the disparity as a result of different fields, the gap still remains at 6%. Now let's look at it globally. Globally, women hold about 24% of senior leadership positions, 24%. The U.S. lags behind the global average at 21% compared to China, where women hold 51% of senior leadership slots. Women represent 45% of that Fortune 500 workforce but only represent 4% of their CEOs. And then there was a a study that was done that identified that nearly 22,000 publicly traded organizations worldwide, 60% have no female board members, no female board members. And again, remember, let's go back to that 15%. It says that outperforming competition really correlates a lot with gender diversity. So it's unfortunate you see these benefits But you're also seeing that there is a lack of representation. In addition to that, you know, globally, you know, the share of women in senior management has increased. So over time, you know, as of 2019, the proportion of women in senior management roles grew about 29 percent. And this is the highest number ever recorded. But in 2020, that percentage remains about the same. And if you're thinking about, you know, women leadership that differs from role, like women are overrepresented in support functions like administration, while men tend to be concentrated in operations, profit and loss and research and development. All viewed as critical experiences for CEO and board level positions. So you see like that that shift there. You have women overrepresented in these administrative, excuse me, in these administration roles. And then men, they're concentrated in areas that is critical, critical skills and experience and knowledge needed for CEO and board level positions. In 2020, 40% of the human resources directors are women compared to 17% of chief marketing officers and 16% of chief information officers. And I've seen that too, like even in the military, you'll see that certain 
industries, certain, um, we call them AFSCs, job fields. There are more women in certain fields than others. And again, it, it's, it's kind of, it, it might be a bias thing or it might be just, you know, again, how the world has been shaped and developed. You might see more males that are going for the Air Force police, for the police officer realm. We have like a police officer type of role in the Air Force. But as someone that is in human resources, you see a lot more women. You don't see men, too many men in the human resources role within um, the Air Force and although I'm serving in a special duty, even in my special duty, it's more driven to human resource personnel. We call it personnel in the Air Force. You still see a lot more women in those seats versus men. The other aspect is the higher up the corporate ladder, the fewer women. So there was an analysis done by Mercer that identified that executives, when you're talking about the pipeline of women in leadership, 23% were executives, 29% were senior managers. Uh, 37% were managers, 42% were professionals. And again, that support staff, that administration, it was 47%. So you see the lowest number is in that executive tier. So the higher you go up, it's less women. But when you're talking about people that are the support staff, it's at 47%. And even if you look at it worldwide, they identify in the Asia Pacific area in Australia, it said men dominated senior level management. So, excuse me, senior levels of management. In 2019, women represented just over a third of all managers in Australia. And women are less likely to reach the top levels of management. So again, it goes down to the different levels where you have 33% that were senior managers, but CEOs and heads of business, 17.1%. And I want to give you the global perspective and not just say that this is solely the a U.S. thing. It's also worldwide. We'll also look at India. It says India has the third lowest global representation of women managers ahead of only South Korea and Japan. As of 2019, women hold held, excuse me, only 8% of management roles, 9% of business management roles, and were only 2% of the CEOs in India. And if you look at Japan... It says Japan has set targets to, of for increasing women leadership positions by 2020, which is great. But as of 2019, 18.3 of section chiefs were women and then 11.2 of directors were women. And it just continues to talk about even Canada. It says men continue to hold 90% of the C-suite level executive roles. And in Europe, just one out of three managers in the EU is women. So it just continue on, on and on. And even if you look at it in regards to women of color, there is a drastically smaller share of those management positions. So Latinas represent about 4.3%, Black women 4%, and Asian women 2.5%. In 2019, women made up the highest share of managers in human resources. Again, human resources. Their share of management in selected other industries also were different. So again, if you look at medical, 69%, excuse me, medical and health services, it was 69%, and food services, 465 so again, this is just giving you a scope of the the breakdowns in women in leadership. You're seeing a lot of, of breakdowns, even though women are starting businesses, even though women are graduating with their bachelor's, master's, doc, doctoral degrees at high levels, when they go into the job market, they're having to deal with a whole nother battle. Why aren't they being selected? And that's why when I did a, I did a podcast before where I talked about Mark Benioff of Salesforce and how I appreciated his organization because of the fact that he has really made 
ensuring that women have inclusivity. There's inclusivity. So he ensures that his meetings have a certain percentage of women in there because he wants to hear their input. And also he's done his part to uh, change the gender pay gap within his organization. He incorporated a bunch of things that by hiring a a um, diversity and equity officer that they've been able to really make a lot of changes. And now they're looking at the realm of ensuring that there is diversity in regards to um, women of color and just the African-American population and different, again, minority populations as well. So you have someone else, again, I talked about the example of being a door opener that are being door openers. So this is the scope. This is the picture. This is what's going on in the world of women and gender diversity in the workplace. And I really wanted to share that information because, again, we can we can say that this is the reality, but some people need to hear the data. And that's what the data shows. The data shows that there is some breakdowns in the system. There's some breakdowns of and there are certain people that are being chosen than others. There's a breakdown in, yes, we have individuals that are pivoting and going to certain roles in certain sectors more than others. Why is that? Why is it easier easier for me to move up in leadership and a human resources position, but it's hard for me to do it in a sales and profit or in a marketing type of industry? Why is it harder? What is going on there? And we all know that it's it's a few things. It's bias. Sometimes it's an individual ego thing. So it's so important that if you're a business leader, if you are in any type of high tier position, or even as you're moving up in the different tiers of leadership, wherever you currently stand, what are you doing to empower and to shape the type of path that could help those women behind you get to that door, be able to go inside of that door, be able to have their voices heard. We all have the power to do so. I have been blessed to, I have, you know, again, I, I'm big on if I am transitioning from a job or if a position opens up, I literally always go to my mind Rolodex to think about who can I put into those positions. And I've had the opportunity to work with some amazing women. So what I tend to do is I reach back to that person and I will do my best to open that door for them from helping them with preparing for the interview, from helping them to, you know, okay, this is where you need to go. This is who you need to talk to. This is how you need to stack and set up your resume. This is the transitions you need to make. So when you do get to this point, you're able to walk through that door because I've been able to sit in a lot of interview boards, been able to sit back in a lot of feedback sessions, and I know what they're looking for. So it's like, okay, this is what you need to do to prepare yourself as you pivot and you start to get higher and higher in rank or in leadership or in business to help you be able to get a a seat at the table. So that's the kind of mindset that I want us to have when we leave and listen to the series is being those door openers. There's no leadership position that's too low or too high. That's just not good enough. We all have the power to do something to open a door for for people and for women to be able to sit in these seats. Because again, like I mentioned earlier, competition, being that high competitor, outperforming the competition is correlated to being innovative and having those diverse rooms. And gender diversity is a part of it. 
So what are some benefits of having women in leadership roles? Let's break that down, what the benefit is. And again, it's not a one size fits all. I'm not saying even some of this information, not saying that every single woman is like this, because again, we do have individual, we have to look at the individual as the individual to determine if they're a good fit for the role. So let's continue to have that mindset. Let's continue to say, okay, when I'm hiring into this role, I need to ensure that I look at the individual, their resume, their experience, what the feedback has been from the people they have led. But besides that, I want to just give you guys an overall consensus of when you're looking at women leadership and the benefits of having them, there's so many out there. So let's talk about it. Don't go anywhere. Stay right here for the other half of this message. That'll be back to you in one second. Wow, I can't believe I dropped two books. And the reason why I did that is because I didn't want to just show you the external work. I wanted to show you the internal work. Yes, the steps that I had to take for me to show up as a better leader because I wasn't really that good at it because a lot of the things that I was doing was because of my internal issues. So I need you to go to my website, AishaThomas.org backslash shop and grab a copy of The Trendsetting Woman and then Leader Set Trends to get those applicable steps So what you need to do to do that internal work and then the steps you need to do so you can show up better externally. So go to my website now, AishaThomas.org backslash shop and go grab a copy and make sure that you give it to someone as a gift. Estimate it is to Joe's character that he had the audacity to break one of the most substantial barriers that exists in our country and select a woman as his vice president. So let's go over some benefits, why it's important to have women in leadership roles. Why is that a benefit? And one of the things that I can think of is a conversation that I had with a good friend who talked about she started to pivot. She had a male coach. She's a business owner. And she's like, I need a female coach. And I realized I needed to connect with the woman because I can relate to them. This person was a mother just like her. This person was a single mother at one point, just like her. And she wanted to connect with someone that can speak to a lot of the pivots and adjustments she has to make as a single mom. So that's one of the important things of having a woman as a leader, because if you serve a population that is woman, and you don't have those people on your board or have those people on your leadership team that can speak to those experiences, you might be missing out. You might be alienating and you might not even be purposely doing that, but you might be alienating a population because you don't have that feedback. You don't have that background. You don't have that perspective. I have seen some advertisements for people that are having these events And it's so interesting to see because I'll see the lineup and it's like, man, there might be only one woman on the panel. It might not be any. And that was interesting because the this this has been a big conversation that we have had this year. And I've look I'll look in the comments and people are like, man, this panel looks one sided. Where are the women? I've even commented and said, hey, there's a lack of diversity on here. How about you check out these few women and have them on your panel? And of course, do your checks and balances. Make sure that they're fit. Make sure they have the resume and they put the work in. But if you are representing a population, but you don't have anybody sitting in those decision-making tables that can speak to that experience, you are possibly, again, not necessarily hearing those voices that need to be heard. And by having that woman in that panel or having them on your board, having them on your team might allow you to understand why that single mother is going through that. 
and why they need to pivot things a little differently and why that request for an alternate work schedule benefits them or why it's beneficial for them to work from home because they have to, they don't feel comfortable just yet sending them their kids back to school because of COVID or whatever it is. It's so important or understanding that mother that is about to have her first child and she's having some issues with carrying the child and she needs to take leave. And maybe you don't understand it like that, but someone knows that, oh yeah, I remember when my first pregnancy and what I had to experience, but just that level of empathy and understanding that they can speak to allow and allows you to build your empathy and understanding because you have that representation on your team. So that's one of the things that you really want to consider. If I serve a certain population, do I have that representation on my board? Do I have that diversity on my board or on my team that allows me to see a perspective that helps me learn and maybe again, unlearn some things because you might've been functioned off of bias or just not understanding it at all. And now you can support that population in a different way. Another thing that stands out a lot about women is that their soft skills are on point, okay? I mean, of course, we hear about soft skills, and there's often referred to emotional intelligence. I talk about that a lot. But soft skills refer to any ability pertaining to the way you approach others or handle your professional life. So a lot of them that are included, that are essentials for essential for leadership are things like professionalism, self-motivation, work ethic, resilience, right? The ability to network, collaboration, communication, both oral and written, critical thinking. Well, there were a study done by um, the Hay Group, and they found that the women, right, they outperform men in 11 of 12 key emotional intelligence competencies. They outperform them And I've talked about this before, but we have to recognize that emotional intelligence is a big game changer in a lot of companies, a lot of organizations. It is. It's important to have IQ, know they have the skills, the abilities. I went to this college. I got, I went to this class, got this certification, but understanding people, understanding resilience, motivation, self-management, all those different components of EQ or EI is super important when you are in a leadership role, when you are entertaining a team, when you are really trying to get to that next level. So that's one one thing that, or another thing that stands out is that outperformance and emotional intelligence. And if you have that additional component to your brand, to your business, to your company, within your leadership team, you're going to see a lot of benefits. Another thing is better problem solving. Again, another study on female representation and top management found that companies that prioritize innovation saw greater financial gains when women were a part of the top leadership ranks. And of course, when we're thinking about business and we're thinking about, you know, we want to also make revenue and money out of it. And although it's not solely about the money, There are financial gains when you have a more diverse room of people. Because again, if you have a population of women that you are serving your product and service to, but you don't speak their language, your product and service might be falling short. But by you adding that component and having this amazing woman leader on there, they can say, you know what? You need to tweak this stroller this one way, or you need to tweak this, you know, maybe this product that caters to women. Cause again, we don't want to just say it's just strollers, but it could be clothing. It could be uh, something that's going to help them in focusing. It could be shoes. It could be bags. It could be whatever that a woman can touch on it. Again, it could be the same things that a man could also be interested in. But it might need to be tweaked one kind of way for it to touch this population better than the other. So 
by having that person in that room, they can see, say, okay, make this one tweak. And now your product, your service is, is just is skyrocketed because you've made that tweak. But the reason why you made that tweak is because you opened that door for that person to give that insight. You see that? You see the flow now? Another report, also I discovered that companies with one or more women on the board delivered higher average returns on equity, lower net debt equity, and better average growth. And I'll just continue, right? Building trust. As a, this was a Pew Research. It found that 34% of American workers say that women have an edge over men when it comes to build, being honest and ethical, while just 3% believe men are better. So there's a trust factor in there. And I always talk about trust is important because if you want to build that company loyalty, if you want your team to really connect with individuals, trust has to be there. And again, this is something that can still be built within within the male population, but that's another aspect that's important. People feel like that level of connectivity there as well. So one of the themes that you might've heard is the power of having that gender diversity in a room reaps financial gains. It helps you in the area of emotional intelligence. It's allowing you to learn different things and unlearn some things so you are more empathetic, more understanding, so you can serve that population so much better. It reaps so many benefits in so many different ways by having that diversity in those rooms. So what are you going to do to become more of a door opener? What are you going to do to start changing how you have maybe been moving? Because again, like I mentioned earlier on this conversation about being the first and how, yes, we want to get to next levels. We want to make change. We want to do what's better beneficial for our families, but also realize that you have the power to open the door and create something that's going to benefit the masses. We also, even when we think about our family, some of us have daughters. So by you making some shifts and changing, you never know how that could benefit your children. One of the things that Kobe Bryant had realized, especially as his daughter, you know, she, Gigi, how she was really getting into sports. He was noticing that there was a big pay gap. He was noticing the differences with female basketball and male basketball. I mean, we already know the pay gap is major. The type of attention is major. The resources are major. It's a big difference. So one of the things and efforts that he was looking into was really making some adjustments and changes so he can open the door. So as his daughter moves up within the space of basketball, by the time she got to that point, or maybe it wouldn't have happened in her generation, but he was opening doors where now you weren't seeing those major gaps anymore. So he even recognized at the level he was at, he was like, I need to become a door opener. But the reason why he started to see that perspective is because he had a daughter. He started to be around other young girls. He started to connect with other women in, the, in those sports fields, in those sports arenas, in basketball, and started to really get into those stories and hear the breakdowns and really wanted to say, you know what? I had to educate, he had to educate himself, something that maybe he wasn't noticing before. But he was educating himself and he was learning about this experience from the women basketball perspective 
that maybe he never even knew before. And now he's like, you know what? I'm going to use my fame, my resources, the access that I have so I can do things differently. So hopefully by the time my daughter gets to the WNBA, she doesn't have to do deal with this or uh, uh, maybe another child from another generation or somebody else's child. They don't have to deal with these these gaps that you're seeing in this sport. So I want you guys to always look at how it can, yes, you might feel like it might not directly benefit you, but there's so many things that you can do to benefit the people that come behind you, your children, the people you love, people you might not even know about, but because you're doing your work now, you have created something that opens the door for people. There are people who created scholarship programs that have been able to fund people's uh, individuals' education that has allowed them to be the first in their family to graduate that opened the door for them to be the first uh, person that was in a leadership role and they also happen to be a woman. So be that door opener. You might have a direct key to open the door. You might be only able to crack the door. You might only be able to lead to some inclusivity or even just so you can have more staff that looks different. But whatever it is, just know that you have the power to make some direct change and impact on people who need this change. Why? Because it's going to benefit the masses. And we're going to see more firsts, but we're also going to see seconds, thirds, and so on. And hopefully these numbers will change in the future. Be a door opener. I got you. It's coming. Are you ready to ignite the fire? We are Speak Fire. Oh, and by the way, that's fire with a Y. What's going on, everyone? Internal fire. Student fire. Young fire. Father's fire. Leadership fire. Champion fire. (laughs) (laughs) Unlocking the fire within. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's grow. Speak fire. Speakfire.com. Speak fire with a Y. We have a new episode that comes out every Monday at 4 a.m. Are you going to be up with us? Deuces. I want to shout out all my faithful listeners for tuning in every week. And don't forget to follow me on social media at Miss Aisha Speaks on all platforms. That's M S A I S H A Speaks. And don't forget to like and subscribe. Turn your notifications on and leave a comment if this podcast has blessed you in any kind of way. I thank you for all your support. Many blessings to you.